What are you guys on? You, what are you guys on? Friday by now? We we just finished Tuesday. You missed a great discrep- uh, discussion of semiotics in episode in Monday. Disruption. It was a disruption. Well, now it'll be it'll be a pleasant surprise when I listen to it. Yeah. No, we talked about Roland Barthes. I don't, I'm not sure we've discussed Roland Barthes before. <laughs> like, we've, we've mentioned the it's, death of the author. It's a pretty safe bet that we haven't discussed <laughs> that person. <laughs> we've no, mentioned no. the there's death a, of the author. A, I would say a 70% chance that you have name-dropped that person. <laughs> yeah, but, but you I and have... I have not discussed that person. <laughs> no, no, but John, previous times we've discussed Roland Barthes, I hadn't read as far down in the Wikipedia article. <laughs> I got I got like another three hours now. nice. So we can we can we can take our time on Wednesday. I figure if we want to stretch it out and do like a Nin- yeah. 90 or you know? Uh, I, yeah, that's the important takeaway from the comedy of hours, comedy of errors of scheduling it's this It's also a comedy record, of hours. Is that we, cur- we now have like five hours to record five more episodes. No, yeah, John, I think I said, uh, I think you misread my email and then I misread your response email. Yeah. So really, you know, Everyone is to blame, except for you and me. It's all Jonathan Johnson's fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm cool with that. We we probably don't have that much time, because that guy's got to go to Sacramento today. Are you going to Sacramento today? Yeah. Yeah, I wish the state was, like, closer. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm for, I forget, where are you based? Uh, San Leandro, so East Bay. So okay, like, okay. Yeah, it takes. It's like a two-hour drive. So yeah, he had he has some business in the capital, California capital, capital city, probably with this state government. <laughs> Actually, Possibly met with the state government. I met Arnold when he was governor, and I was wearing sweatpants in the capital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need more details. <laughs> no, I was like I was volunteering for some event that there. It was like one of those events where they. Um, they light up the capital a color, and mm-hmm. I was like, a color. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is the least specific event of all time. <laughs> I think because it, it was they probably do like, different colors for different events, Chris. Yeah, yeah. You want to know which color it is? Show up at the event, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I went to get supplies, and like the quickest way was to actually like run through the Capitol building to go to the other side. And um, he was like, he was walking out of his office when I was like walking by with like sweatpants, like, oh hi, and I just kept going. Oh, you didn't, you didn't like accidentally bump into him like a romantic comedy. Uh, no. (laughs) Well, you bumped it, and then he dropped all his papers, and you both bent down to try to pick them up at once, and you. (laughs) My a friend of mine. I'm not going to say the name on air. A friend and, and former colleague of mine had basically that experience with Dr. Dre once. Oh, um, she was, she was, she was an intern at Interscope Records, and would always like when wouldn't she want had to that make to copies, out. copies like she would walk by his office, like which he was never in his office, 
Because he's Dr. Dre. He's not going yeah. to his fucking office, you know, every weekday from nine to five. Does he? Why does he even need an office? He had not. He had a big office in Interscope Records, and every time she would walk by, she would like, you know, crane her head around to look inside. Because I guess it was, you know, because it's Dr. Dre's office. How you? Of course you're gonna do that. <laughs> and then like one time, and she got used to it just being empty, so she could like look in and duck in. And then one time she did that, and she's like carrying all these papers she'd copied. And there was Dr. Dre just sitting in there. And he's like, "What are you, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> and she was like, oh, I'm sorry. She literally called him Mr. Dr. Dre. <laughs> Not like as a joke, but just like. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. That's fun. That's fun. Okay. John, we're waiting fun. for you to host host Wednesday. Oh, here. all right. Let me fault. pull up this. It's your fault. I was, I, I was, your I fault. was enthralled. Yeah, no, it was a it was a delightful anecdote. Uh, okay. I'm a, I uh, think John, I'm a I'm a real raconteur. I'm sure one of these tabs has the spreadsheet open from the last time we podcasted. I'm a regular. I'm a, re- I'm a regular that guy who tells those stories. You know that guy, that monologuist. Regular I'm like that guy. Regular American Joe. Feel like his name is Sterling someone. You know who I'm talking Sturgill about. Sturgill Thompson? Uh, Rod Sterling? No. Spalding Gray. That's who I was thinking of. I'm a regular Spalding Gray. He was in the movie The Paper. Yeah, by which I mean I've been dead for 15 years. <laughs> Has he been dead for 15 years? Apparently so. Spalding Gray. All right. June 5th, 1941 <clears throat> to January 11th, 2004. You're listening to Being Jim Davis. Today's episode underscored by Randy Newman. My name is John Gibson, and I'm Jim Davis. My name is Christopher Winter, and I'm Jim Davis. My name is Jonathan Johnson, and I am Jim Davis. Christopher, Jonathan, I bet you are both excited by the fact that it is Wednesday, April 15th, 1981, the Ides of April. Uh... Today we're reading the 1,032nd ever Garfield strip. Mm-hmm. Tell me and the folks at home just exactly what's going on in today's episode of John, Garfield. John, Jonathan and I are on the edges of our seats. We're on tenterhooks to find out how yesterday's exciting cliffhanger ending will resolve itself in today's Garfield. I'm sure you are too. I'm sure mm, you mm-hmm. Even though you callously and irresponsibly didn't show up for Monday and Tuesday's sessions. I'm sure you probably went back and read the strips, and so you know I definitely the backstory. You know the backstory well, of I today's listened to, strip. Well, I listened, to, I listened to the podcast. I mean, it's so, weird because it hasn't, it hasn't been released I, I, at this I heard, point. But. I heard your entire discussion. Um, Fair I, enough. I thought, I thought the audio production was a little half-assed. Well, oh, so we've improved. <laughs> so better than average, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to commend you on that. Uh huh. Thank you. Thank you. Did you feel that we? Did you feel that uh, Barta was the correct reference on Monday, or that we should have been talking about maybe Mikhail Bakhtin? I really have been going back and forth on that. Could I could have used a Shapur Bakhtiar in there? God. Oh, I mean, look, every episode. Okay, in, John, in answer to your question. <laughs> former former pri- Iranian prime minister Shapur Bakhtiar. Was his first name Shapur, or did you just like try to fake that and ended up being a little bit racist? Is that not what it was? 
I don't remember. I remember his last name was Bakhtiar. Maybe his first name was Shapur. I was, it was definitely a little bit racist. Yeah, fair, okay. In today's, in today's <laughs> Garfield, Jim Davis again writes the optimal amount of dialogue. Why are what? What is? Sorry. Why? Sorry, my phone was going. Why off. is your Why is your computer saying shoes for industry? <laughs> it's my It's my phone. Okay, fine, fine. Um, probably because I I got all those texts from you. Oh uh, no, that's fair, John. John, I can I can now confirm, you were correct, and possibly not racist to have given him the name Shapur Bakhtiar. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. Iranian prime minister um, uh, in the I forget like the right after the revolution, like very shortly. I don't know. Uh, we were talking was, about him a couple years ago. He was he was overtake overtaken by the course of events and later assassinated in 1991. He was in office uh, January. Wow, barely a month. January fourth, nineteen seventy nine to February eleventh, nineteen seventy nine. I th- that's right. I remember this. Entire this. I think tenure I re- was contained within our podcast. <laughs> I believe. I believe I referred to him at the time as the Lafayette of the uh, Iranian Revolution, and I stand by that characterization. Yeah, that's that's probable. Um. Okay. You want to talk about this? Um, this Garfield. Eh. There's no dialogue, as you mentioned. Well, in panel one, Odie says, "Yip, yip, yip, yip." You call that a dialogue, huh? Uh, I mean, it's it's as much a dialogue as the conversations on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> By which I mean one character is shouting and the other characters can't get a word in. All right, so um, Odie and Garfield are in the panel, and Odie is Odie's barking. Mm-hmm. He's surrounded. He's yipping. He's, he's surrounded he's by clearly. A, he's clearly yipping. He's, surra- he's not saying bark, 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 bark. He's saying yip, 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 yip. He's surrounding by around. Yeah. All right. Fine. Yeah. Whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> he's surrounded by yips. <laughs> yeah. Surrounded by yips. A fine mist of yips. Nice. Um, Garfield is on the other side of what I can only I can only guess is a, a tetherball pole that? I don't know <laughs> is it possibly was, a flagpole I was, does John Arbuckle have a flagpole in his living room I, I, I assume that Mondays and Tuesdays episodes were about the wacky hijinks of installing the flagpole <laughs> unless it's a tetherball pole it's honestly it's not clear is it supposed to be a standing lamp? Like maybe, like maybe, the bottom section of a standing lamp. Maybe John gets the whole thing together and up, and then realizes that the flag isn't in it, so he has to like pull it down again, humorously. Oh, or like, like he's really excited that he and Garfield are going to be able to play tetherball. Yeah, you know, and he's installing and whatever, and then like panel <laughs> three is they're getting ready to play, and John realizes that because he's a human and Garfield is a cat, the length like Garfield can't reach the ball. Oh, that's good. That could be a fun visual gag. Yeah. Well, he need he need to build a trench on one side. <laughs> what? Okay. Your your solution is to dig a trench for John to stand in into the foundations of his house, house rather than just like 
push the chair up to the other side so Garfield can stand on it. Well, it's got to be more than just a chair. It's got to be like halfway around. I just figured it'd be easier to to build a trench semicircle than a than a. I feel mound. like a sofa would be fine. Garfield could stand on the sofa. It'd be fine. It's not circular, Chris. It wouldn't work. It doesn't have to be all the way around. It has to be all the way around. A table. Table would be perfect, actually. A circular. Garfield a, a, a handicap for that. Is it, <laughs> a semicircular table, I think, would be fine. Okay. Um, but, getting back to today's actual strip, which does not relate to tetherball so far as we know. <laughs> yeah, so like Odie's on the left and he's going yip, 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 yip. There's a pole, a nondescript and enigmatic pole in the center of the screen, uh, the panel. Could be tetherball, could be lamppost, could be flagpole. Could be something. Okay, else. I just have one question. If it's a lamppost, where's the plug? Yeah, sure. let's definitely cover that before we describe Garfield on the right hand of the panel. Um, it's battery powered, obviously. A battery powered floor lamp? Yeah. It would, could be solar powered. What Sean. could be more ridiculous, Chris? <laughs> well, oh, oh, here are two things that could be more ridiculous <laughs> to have in your living room, John. One, a tetherball pole. Two, a flagpole. Both of those are more ridiculous items to have in the middle of your living room than a battery-powered floor lamp, which is at least useful. It, okay, yeah, I guess we did answer <laughs> oh, oh, good point. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, actually, that probably makes the most sense. <laughs> listeners, could listeners, could you hear that? Jonathan Johnston is kind of make, making the rookie mistake of not shouting all the time. <laughs> So you might not have heard him say it's obviously a stripper pole. That's clearly correct. Well, except it, it, then it would be up on a stage, wouldn't it? Or do you think, I guess this could not be the necessarily. stage. Not necessarily, like not if it's just for practice, practice and exercise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's in a studio. This is, they're in John's, they're in John's stripping studio. <laughs> I feel really bad for Liz. <laughs> Chris, I, Chris, do you think I feel bad for Lyman? Do you really think that this st- stripping studio belongs to John Arbuckle rather than John Unbuckle? <laughs> Very good point. So this is the second appearance of the Unbuckle household. Excellent point. John's like fourth or fifth alter ego. I feel like John Unbuckle is only his. Was that his second un- alter ego? Well, because you got Den Mother like, and you got Tweed Herringbone. I thought Tweed Herringbone came last, but yeah, okay. Anyway, the, the important thing is well, there first, are three alter egos. First in egos. our hearts, Chris. There are three alter egos, or unless John, unless you feel like uh, this is a Superman situation where John Arbuckle is the alter ego, and the real one mm. is. Oh, who's the that's real? That's a great one? take on Superman. I've never heard that. No, I know you haven't. Yeah, that's why. Well, you not you don't really keep up with popular culture and comic books and things like that. No, you're more interested no. in in French semioticians. Quentin Tarantino and I definitely do not keep up on that. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, I didn't claim it was an original take on Superman. <laughs> I used that as a reference, a commonly known reference, uh-huh. to make a suggestion about John Arbuckle and his relationship to yeah. the various alter egos. At this point in the in the Garfield timeline, wouldn't John Arbuckle be more like that character from Split? Oh, see, now that's a thing I don't know. Uh, the, no, the, the 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 main the guy from Split. Yeah, yeah, I saw Split. 
I didn't see Split. But I agree. I agree with <laughs> Jonathan James Johnson. James Mackle something. Mackle. Uh, McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, he's good. Okay. The important. I think the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> is the important thing is that we settle right now. Who do we think is using the stripper pole? Is it John Unbuckle himself? Is it Liz? Is it Lyman? Is it Irma? I, I, I think I think John Unbuckle and Irma. That stands to reason. Not to at me. the no, same I time. I think that's definitely right. Well, not necessarily. You could do a lot of great two-person tricks. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> not necessarily at the same time. Not necessarily at the same. No, okay, that's fair. Yeah, and this is clearly the practice poll, though, because as you note, it's not on a stage. Sure. God, it's really a shame that the back wall isn't a mirror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Okay, so Garfield and Odie are standing astride the stripper pole. Odie on the left, Garfield on the right. Odie is yipping. Garfield, now that we know this is a stripper pole is clearly about, like, his body language, he's clearly about to jump up on the stripper pole, right? Mm -hmm. Like, his legs are tensed, his arms are, are, are like, out, his hands ready to grasp, his ears back, he's got the look of uh, determination and capacity on his face. He's about to jump up on the stripper pole and do some spinning or something. It seems likely. Yeah, he's gonna show us his boobs. He's already naked. He is, as you say, already naked. <laughs> he's, he's ready to go. Um, yeah. yeah, in the second panel, uh, Garfield seizes not the stripper pole, mm -hmm. but the ears of a dog. Uh -huh. Which dog? The dog is Odie. It's Odie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, lots of motion lines on uh, the back of Odie's head, the back of Odie's butt, and mm -hmm. the front of Garfield's front. Yeah, his stomach for his, some reason. The, the front, the front of his front, the stomach. Um, and he's uh, he's yanking Odie's ears uh, over and around the stripper pole. Yeah, and this appears to be both painful and non-consensual. Yeah. Judging from Odie's facial expression, Garfield is having a great time, but Odie is not into this. Not like not this. At all. Not like this not like is this. is what what it would say if Odie yeah. could talk. In pan in panel three, uh, Odie slips a five dollar bill into Garfield's g string. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, panel four, Odie is tied to the stripper pole. Yeah, by his ears. By his ears. No, not with rope or anything. Like his ears. Garfield tied Odie's yeah. ears in a like an, in a bow. A comical bow. It does look like a bow, yeah. And Odie, I would say, is more annoyed than alarmed. Yeah. He's Even though that looks very painful. He's kind of like, ah, this shit again. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, unbuckle me. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> looks like John somebody needs to be him? unbuckled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that John Un Unbuckle's entry line? Does he say that, or does he it's... does he just say, "Did somebody say unbuckle"? <laughs> One of those two. Uh, oh God. Yeah, then he like Whoa. puts on some disco music. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think. Okay. Okay. What do we what do we speculate is 
the music playing, because there's clearly some music playing in the background here. What is your best guess as to the song playing in the back background here? You mean assuming it isn't Yakety Sax? Um, no, no, I'm not assuming that. It could be Yakety Sax. I, oh, like, well, reminder, it's, it's obviously Yakety Sax then. April of 1981, so it, you know, it could be... It couldn't be like uh, uh, anything that came out after that. You think it's Yakety Sax. Why couldn't it be anything after that? Because of, because of the, the, the directional flow of time. <laughs> I, di- I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, it's 1981. So, you know, society has long made the transition from messianic to clock time. Right? We're no longer living in a world where people think it's reasonable for like Hieronymus Bosch or whoever to depict the events of the New Testament as if they're happening in 16th century Belgium. Chris, Yakety Sax was first released in 1963. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not saying that it couldn't be Yakety Sax, John. On a, on a seven inch from Monument uh-huh. Records. Yep. You know what the B-side was? I, I feel like we have actually mentioned this on the program before, but I don't remember. What was the B-side the to B-side Yakety Sax? The B-side is, I really don't want to know. Okay. Am I correct? Okay. Yeah, I feel like it could be. Look, Yakety Sax and Sweet Georgia Brown are both reasonable guesses as to what this could be. <laughs> I feel like it could also be, I feel like it could also be something sexy by Hall & Oates. Um, you know, is it is it Kiss on My List? Possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when Hall and Oates' greatest hits came out. Like, could it be Maneater? Could it be uh, that that other one that's like just won't do, uh, no can do, whatever that Hall and Oates song is? Hmm. Can't remember. But I, th- I feel like there's a good chance that this is a Hall and Oates song. Chris, I'm reading the Wikipedia page about Boots Randolph right now, and I'm unca- I'm incapable of listening to anything that you say. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have two. I'd like you to describe to me a little bit about Boots Randolph, John, because I'm not. Um, I'm just looking at his discography here. 1960, Boots Randolph's Yakety Sax that okay. made it to number 79 in the charts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 1963 was a record simply entitled Yakety Sax. Mm-hmm. That one did not nope, chart. That's fair. He actually uh-huh. had a higher chart uh, hit mm-hmm. hit with uh, a song called Boots with Strings. Or I guess that's an album. <laughs> Thirty-six. Yeah, I kind of want to hear that. Oh man, nineteen seventy-seven sax appeal. That's a okay. Sax appeal is sax appeal is a pretty fun a pretty fun album title, John. But I want to I want to challenge challenge your contention that that's the best album title of all time, because I'll have you know. Did I say that? That. Yep, that's what you said. Okay. I'll have you know that Hall and Oates's uh, premiere album from 1972, Whole Oates. That's a fun title. Whole Oates because they're called Hall Steel Cut Oates. Yeah, I mean Irish. Yeah, Irish Oates, Steel Cut Oates, uh, Whole. O- yeah, they're mostly just Oates puns. Instant Oates. Yeah. Um, boy, Private Eyes came out in 1981. Private Eyes is like their, you know, their big album, I would say. But uh, it came out September 1981. So the full album of Private Eyes, we can be clear, was not playing when Garfield tied Odie's ears together. 
Oh, are we still talking about that? <laughs> no. No, it's possible. Okay. Okay. No, boy, Privatized the Single wasn't even playing. That came out in August of 1981, and it's still April or something, right? Uh, you know, it's impossible to know what the date is because we did not say it yeah, at the beginning April, of the episode. April of 1981. We did not boy, say it. That's a, what a shame. Nor did we say I which like... Garfield this was, who we uh-huh. are, or what we're doing. Yep. yep. They could have been listening to Voices, their studio album from 1980. That's uh, got Kiss on my list. Um... I just don't feel like that's quite, I don't, yeah, I don't think they were listening to Hall and Oates. <laughs> okay. It's hard, to, it's, hard to, it's hard to be certain. <laughs> it's hard to be certain. I'm not familiar with Kiss on my list. Don't think I've heard it. But, uh, you know, uh, anyway. I'm just going to go with Barracuda. Oh, it oh. could be Barracuda. When did Barracuda come out? Um, I'm pretty sure that's late 70s. Uh, yeah, it sounds right. 1977, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It could easily be Barracuda. I think that's fair. Okay. Well, okay, I think, I think we're done You've been here. listening to being Jim Davis. So this ain't the end. I saw you again today. I had to turn my heart away. Smile like the Garfield. Kisses for everyone. And tails, it never falls. You've been listening to Being Jim Davis. You can support the show in many of the fine ways that we've probably said on every other episode. And if you don't want to support the show, take no further action. Yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll happen on its own. If you would like to oppose the show, you're going to want to write a letter to your congressperson protesting the existence of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank yeah. Thank you and good night. Good night. This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.